0: أوأذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين. Verse number sixty two. أبلغكم رسالات ربي وأنصح لكم من الله ما لا تعلمون. Turhamun And I, I am your well-wisher and I know from Allah what you do not know. I communicate to you the message of my Lord and I am your well-wisher and I know from Allah what you do not know. Do you consider it odd that a reminder from your Lord should come to you through a man from among yourselves to warn you so that you may be God-wary and so that you may receive his mercy? These are the arguments of Nuh to his people when, of course, they denied that he had any mandate from his lord and they said that you are deviated uh, we see you to go astray to be in wrong and he said that of course I'm, I'm, I haven't gone astray but I am Rabbil Alamin. and then he is elaborating in his argument what he is doing if he is not deviated what is he doing three things he mentions. First of all, secondly, and thirdly, I communicate to you the message of my Lord. This is the first one. Secondly, it's not just a sort of mechanical communication. I have good intention I love you I want good for you Ansaholakum nosa is the opposite of Ghash Ghash is when you have ill intention towards someone or something So Ansaholakum means It's not only that the communication of the Lord is coming to me to convey to you I have a good heart as well I would love to help you as well So this is the, the second thing And the third thing, which of course should compel you to follow me. Because these two, Of course should compel them to follow him. And should compel them to follow him as well. However, the third thing which is very important is, I know from the Lord something that you do not know. It means that the world is not the way you think. Uh, As it appears, there is something beneath this. There is something beyond this, which is related to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are things that Allah has planned for this world that you do not know. So because I have this knowledge, I know from Allah what you do not know. Like, for example, there will be a day of judgment. Allah has a plan for this world. It's not only the material wealth that you think is good or poverty is evil, there are many other things which are hidden from you because, of course, you have not polished your soul to realize this. So because of these three things, I urge you to follow me. Here, when we come to uh, the type of arguments that the prophets had with their people, before the final and ultimate warning, when they warned them of a punishment, you would see that they were not actually compelling their people by force. They wanted to compel them by force of argument rather than by force of violence or fear of punishment or something like that. It was only at the end when all arguments failed, when they came to the point that if you do not follow, then there will be a punishment for you. And here in the arguments of Nuh, alayhis and then arguments of Hud, alayhis and others, you would see, they did not argue initially that there is a punishment or anything like that. They argued in this manner that I have a message for you from from the Lord. I am a well-wisher. I have good intention because I am your brother. And brother, of course, here, because in many other verses as well, and their brother, brother here doesn't mean brother in faith, of course. It means brother in close ties in relationship from the same tribe, from the same city, from the same village. This is the meaning of brother here. And new here as well takes the role of a brother of these people talking in that vein, so I communicate to, to you the uh, the messages of my lord secondly I know from the Lord what you do not know now the other thing which was uh, a point of contention here was that Nuh was a human being like them. So why was he sent? Again, you would see the sort of lenient and kind uh, tone of Nuh to answer this problem. Now, in Surah Anbiya, of course, one of the main issues that the people of Nuh had was that you are a human being like us. And why should we follow you? If you are a human being like us and you have come claiming such a message, this shows that you want to have a supremacy, supremacy over us. You want to become a leader or something like that. So in, in Surah Mu'minun, surah it says that, فَقَالَ الْمَلَأُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ قَوْمِهِ مَا نَرَاكَ إِلَّا بَشَرًا فَقَالَ الْمَلَأُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ قَوْمِهِ مَا هَذَا إِلَّا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ in this surah this is This is a human being like you. If he claims this, he wants to become a leader, he wants to be uh, uh, to, to have supremacy, something like that. That is why he's claiming this. Now here the answer for for all these is that verse number 63 do you consider it odd that uh, a reminder from your Lord should come to you through a man from among you now in Surah Mu'minun they say Law Allah if God wished to communicate anything to us he would have sent angels to us why through a man so uh. And something very, very interesting here is in Surah Mu'minun is said, they say, mm-hmm. We haven't heard of such a thing in our past generations, in our fathers. And this shows between the people of Nu and the people who had prophets among them and believed in them previously before them, there was long, long distance, long genera- many, many generations between new and people who believed in a prophet before them, because they say we have not heard of such a thing in our uh, uh, among our forefathers <laughs> this is just a man who has some sort of folly, some sort of uh, madness. So leave him for a while, and he will die, and we'll get rid of him. Now, here what Nuh replies is that, what is, how, why should it look to be very strange that a reminder from your Lord comes to a man like you? Why you take it to be strange? Now, this is a very compelling answer because they said this dhikr should come to all of us individually through angels. Now, the compelling answer is that if this is possible, if angels can bring this dhikr to human beings, so why do you take it out that it has come to a man from among you, and not to all of you? You say that it's possible. God may send angels to guide us. And God has sent an angel to me. An angel to me. And I am guiding you now. So. Now this man. Who has a dhikr. A reminder from the Lord. Who has come to him. He wants to do what? He wants. To warn you. And what you should do. What should be your reaction to this enzar or warning? You should take heed. You should be God-wary. And what should God do in response to your response, in response to your reply to this message? So that you receive his mercy. So here, three agents in this interaction are mentioned. The messenger, those who receive the message, and God who sends the message. Now, each one of them would pray, play a role in this interaction, three-sided interaction. First of all, the messenger, what is his, what is his duty? <laughs> he should warn you. What is your duty? <laughs> Take heed. Of these warnings and what God would do if you take heed then la Turhamun, you will receive his mercy now of course none of these helped uh, in uh, uh, convincing these people fil folk but they denied him so we delivered him and those who were with him in the ark And we drowned those who denied our signs Indeed they were a blind lot Ameen <broadband broadcast noise> I I mean is the plural of ameen Ameen is like a'ma A'ma is blind physically Ameen is blind of the heart. So they were blind in their hearts. And that's why they denied him. That's why they rejected him because they were blind in their hearts. There were people who were quite blind spiritually. That's why they denied him. The reason they denied him was that Now. Folk, of course, the ark, the, the Noah's ark, is, is is very famous. Folk means ship or ark, and it's the same for plural and singular. And that's why in the Quran you see, for example, so that the ships uh, would uh, run on uh, on on the oceans with his permission. Uh, it's used uh, in the same way as singular folk. Now. Uh, they denied him we delivered him and those who were with him who were quite a limited number in traditions we have that during all these 950 years that he had uh, preached only 80 people believed in him now we don't know these 80 people were those who were with him in the ark or during the whole long time of 950 years, only 80 people believed in him. However, of course, this is a hadith. We cannot take it for certain. We can say that the, this alludes to the very, very limited number of people who actually believed in him. Now, after we save them, of course, the story is long. We may uh, uh, talk about it in other surahs who elaborately talk about the story. أَخْرَقْنَا الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا We drawn those who uh, rejected our signs. And we know that the, those who rejected the signs, uh, Allah's signs were from the people of the Nu Because it says, لَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا نُوحًا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ We sent nu not to the whole human being. We send Nuh to his own people. His brother, their brother Nuh, told them. So he was sent to his people. And Allah says those who denied him and rejected him, they were drawn. So for putting these two together, it's very logically and very clearly follows that this deluge of Nuh was not a sort of uh, worldwide and global flood. It was not a worldwide destruction. It was only destruction of those who denied and rejected Nu, and they were his people because he he was not sent to the people of the world. And even if he was sent to the people of the world, there was no way of communication whatsoever. And Allah says only those who denied him And rejected him Withdrawn So it's very clear Therefore the, the stories about The destruction of the whole world By the deluge At the time of Nu Is uh, Is very strange I mean the, 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 the least that we can say about it is that it Is very strange uh, The only way To accept that the whole people were drawn at the time of Nu was to think that the only people living on the earth at that time were people living in that area of of Iraq or, uh, or, or nearby and they were all drawn because they all rejected Nu which is very improbable. It's, uh, it's quite uh, difficult to accept that the only people living on the earth at that time were people in that area. And therefore, whatever refers to that deluge and the destruction of the people at the time, everyone being drawn, should be taken to refer to the destruction of the people of the new, his home, his people who denied him. So, aghraqna Those who denied our signs, we may withdrawn them. Uh, Those who lived in other parts of the world, and you may say those who lived in other parts of the world and did not believe and knew what happened to them. Well, they did not deny it. Even if they did not believe, they did not deny it. Because denial is when you hear something and you deny it. You do not accept it. Those who were living in other parts of the world, there, were, there was no way for them to deny such a thing. And the reason was that, mm-hmm. Now, it comes to the second group, second group of people who uh, uh, are mentioned in this surah. As I said, before uh, turning to the story of uh, Musa, salam, five people are mentioned, five Five communities are mentioned here. The second people are Ad. Wa ila Adin aha Huda. And to the people of Ad, we send their brotherhood. قال لا يا قومي عبد الله مالكم من إلهٍ غيره أفلا تتقون He said, "My people." Worship Allah, you have no other God besides him, will you not then be wary of him? So the same message, we talked about this, and uh, uh, what Nuh said here after that, I fear for you the punishment of a tremendous day, here it says, will you not be wary of him? Now, who is one of the four Arab prophets who are mentioned in the Quran and are not mentioned in the Bible, because uh, uh, Arab prophets are not mentioned in the Bible, uh, and there are only four of them who are mentioned in the Quran. One is Hud uh, of the people of Ad, the other one is Saleh of the people of Samud, the other one is Shu'ayb, and the other one. Is uh, of course Sha'ib with another name is mentioned in the Bible, probably, but uh, uh, and the other one is Prophet Muhammad, peace be on him. These are regarded to be Arab prophets, and all other prophets mentioned in the Quran are from Banu Israel, uh, the Hebrew prophets. And uh, more than any other prophets or any other people, these, uh, especially Adam Thamud, are mentioned in the Quran because the arabs were very closely familiar with the stories of these people ad and thamud they usually uh, went and visited the places where these people lived the destroyed cities of these people they they had very good con- consciousness of what had happened to these people and that's why the story of these especially Ad and Thamud are mentioned very frequently in the Qur'an as a reminder to, uh, to the uh, audience of the Prophet, peace be on him. Now, Ad apparently was the greatest Arab civilization. Uh, it's a prehistoric sort of civilization. When we, when we say prehistoric, means prior to the, uh, to the invention of writing. Uh, uh, so there is no record of them historically except of course nowadays we can go to historic sites and find certain things from them but there's no history written about them because we call them to be prehistoric civilizations and as it appears from the Quran they lived in a very huge area in southern part of Arabia where it's called uh, Rub al Khali or Rub al Khali. Some say Rub al Khali is more correct. Some say Rub al Khali is more correct. Rub al Khali is is the empty empty area, and Rub al Khali is empty quarter, and it's empty quarter because it is one of the greatest deserts now, of course, in that area, which covers southern parts of Arabia, Yemen. Oman, parts of Emirates, is a huge desert at the moment. However, in that time when Ard were living in the area, certain parts of this desert w- were quite culti- cultivated. And uh, uh, gardens, rivers, good water was in the area. And the people of Ard were... Uh, uh, were divided into two sections. The the people who lived in cities, civilized art, so to speak, or uh, art with with knowledge, science, technology, everything, and the Bedouins of art, who lived in deserts, which is called in the Quran al-Ahqaf. And Hud actually warned both of them. He went to the cities, he went to the... Uh, to the desert. He warned people who were in the desert. He warned people who were in the city. And strangely, the answer was the same. Now, in Surah Shu'ara, we get a flavor of how these people, uh, what sort of power they had and how wealthy they were. Now, in Surah Shu'ara, when when Hud is talking to uh, to his people, he says that and Ayatan they used to uh, what they used to do they used to build huge and very tall columns uh, or towers, a sign of their power, and that shows that architecture in the in that time at the time of this civilization who we call. the the prehistoric civilization, they lived long, long before pharaohs who made the pyramids, was quite advanced. You build huge palaces, and again, huge palaces at that time, you build huge palaces as if you are going to live forever, eternal live. And when you attack, you attack ruthlessly. No one will be saved when you attack. And again, this shows that they were very, very strong in, in, in military sense and very strong physically because here, of course, uh, we have an allusion to that that he he tells them fear god who zaadakum fell khal kabastah has given has expanded his mercy upon you in your creation. They had huge power, no one could resist them physically, militarily. So wait a batashtum batahtum jabbarin, fattakullaha wati un and then he says, Wattaqullahi Amadda kum be mata amaloo ta bemata Fear the one who has helped you and given you what you know, what was given to them, He has given you huge wealth. Huge wealth. And huge population. Rivers and gardens. That's why I say it was not all desert at that time. It was quite nice plains of land at that time with rivers and good water amaddukum bima ta'lamun amaddukum bi amwalin wa banin wa jannatin wa uyun indi akhafu alaykum adhab yawmin adhim ay fi the punishment of a tremendous day and they said that qalu saw'a alayna aw adhta am you want to preach you want to be silent it's equal to us. We are not going to listen to you. This is the habit of the people of the past. They thought that there is a punishment day, there is a judgment day, God, there is a God who will punish, who judge, and all these things. Not that they did not believe in God or did not, not believe in their alaha, in their uh, idols. What they denied was what people today deny. They say, "Okay, we believe in God, we believe that there is a creator, but all other things are are, are myths that there is a judgment day, that there will be punishment and all these things. Yeah, these are myths. Okay, there is a God for this world, there is a creator, but this, the, the other things are stories <inaudible> This is what they said now this is, this is how he preached in cities, and he preached in deserts as well. In Surah Ahqaf, Ahqaf are, means sand dunes, the, the, the sand deserts. Now, here, very interesting things is mentioned that it was not only him, there were many, many other messengers before him. And just before he coming uh, who preached. وَذْكُرْ إِذْ أَنْذَرَ قَوْمَهُ بِالْأَحْقَافِ وَقَدْ خَلَتْ النُّذُرُ مِنْ بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِ Many, many other messengers before him, and بين mean just before he comes, in his own people, in his own people. وَقَدْ خَلَتْ النُذُرُ مِنْ بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا اللَّهِ إِنِّي here he doesn't talk about wealth he doesn't talk about military power and these things they said what they said have you come to turn us away from our uh, our idols our lords so we are not going to to desist so bring the punishment at any rate, what all these verses put together, what all these verses mean, that this was a quite expanded civilization, expanded population, living in cities, living in deserts, and Hood was preaching all of them, everyone. He moved from city to city, from desert to desert, to talk to these people. And the cities, as it is uh, described in Surah Fajr, they were cities who, even now, if we could have a knowledge of it, we would have been amazed. <laughs> Haven't you seen what your Lord did to Ad? And of course, these verses, when we think about it, Coming to people who were quite familiar with that civilization. Had stories running uh, among them. Telling these stories to their children about the people of art. And then Allah says, "Alam <laughs> Haven't you seen what your Lord did to art? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the people of art who had cities with pillars... Apparently, pillars here refers to palaces with lots of pillars. Palaces which were built on huge pillars. Cities that nothing like them had been built in any city in the world. This this was actually the, the cream of the whole civilization at that time. It, it topped every other civilization at the time. And haven't you seen what your lord did to them so while i mala now you see the more people are engrossed in their civilization wealth and power the more impolite they will become, the more heedless they become. In response to Nuh, they said, we see you in deviation, you are in dalala, you are wrong. Here, they say, we see you stupid, you are in folly. Why? Why? Here is it, it is mentioned, Safaha is mentioned here and Zalala is mentioned with Nuh. Of course, with the Qawma of Nuh also, they were, when they were talking to each other, they used to say, jannah. When they talked to each other, they said, He is a man with madness. Leave him. He will die and we will get rid of him. But they didn't say it in his face because still they hadn't become so uh, so impolite So rude because of the wealth that Allah had given the the people of art. Here they said in his face, and we see you in folly. Uh, uh, And we really think that you are lying to us, that you have a message from Allah. Uh, Also, there is another difference here in the response that they gave to Nuh. And the the response that they gave to Hud. In response that they gave to Nuh... This is mentioned by Zamakhshari in his tafsir. They said that... uh, uh, The Quran says... The mala from his people. Mala, We said that the the important people. The the people in power. The people who fill eyes and hearts with awesome wealth and power. So, qala al min Here it says, qala al-mala'u min The elite of his people who were faithless. Now, Zamakhshari mentions that apparently there were some elites among the people of art who had believed in him, but they concealed their faith. So they kept quiet, they didn't say anything. Unlike with people of Nuh, all the mala were kuffar. All the mala were in denial. Here there were some mala who were in denial, some mala who had faith, but they concealed it because they feared others. So, قَالَ الْمَلَأُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ قَوْمِهِ إِنَّا لَنَرَاكَ فِي We see you to be in folly and indeed we consider you to be a liar. Now again, look at the very courteous and polite answer of Houth here. You see, this means my brothers, my people. Again, showing the love to them. he He's not actually replying with another swearing as they swear at him. I am not in folly. What I am, rather I am an apostle from the Lord of all the worlds. The same thing. Rabbul Alamin Rabbul Alameen. As I said, because this Allah being Rabbul Alameen was something which was the point of contention between messengers and uh, their people. I mean, again, I am, what I'm doing is just I'm communicating the messages, messages of my Lord to you and I'm a well-wisher. Again, telling his intention that I have not come to you to say that Allah will punish you or to be harsh. I just want to show my good intention. I wish you well. That is why I'm so uh, worried about you. And again, this exactly the same thing. Do you consider it odd that there should come to you a reminder from your Lord through a man from among yourselves? Exactly the same thing that Nuh mentioned. And between Nuh and Aad, because Aad were the people who... Uh, Probably, of course, they didn't live in the same area as Nu, the people of Nu lived, but probably they had migrated from the remnants of the generations of Nu, they had migrated to this place, and there was long, long distance in time between Ad and Nu. However, you will see exactly Allah is using the same phrases that these people use against the, their prophets, showing that wherever you go, the sky is the same color. It's, it doesn't matter you live when and where it time. If you want to be in denial, you say exactly the same thing now Nu said here he only says and then mentions other things because here they have come after Nu. they have seen the example and he brings the example of people of Nu to them that inshallah we will discuss it next week wa sallallahu muhammadin wa
1: Thank you much indeed, Sheikh. We now open the floor for discussion. Any, any brothers, sisters? Anybody? Riaz?
0: No? Yeah. Any sisters? Everyone is terrified, apparently. No. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay, Riaz. Assalamualaikum, <coughs> Sheikh.
0: Um, I seem to remember from Rumi about when he tried to envisage this big city with big columns. And when I read it so many years ago, it sounded like he could make it real. Um, Is there any other um, proof that such a city existed? Or is it really just a metaphor of something which was probably at that time looking like massive pillars, but maybe not so great now because it could have been hewn out of mountains as opposed to using sand and cement. So it could have been that, yes, there was this majestic thing, and it's completely obliterated by the time it came to the pyramids. It didn't exist anymore. So is it just folklore per se? Well, it cannot be. Of course, if you, if you want historical record, there is no historical record because these were prehistoric civilizations. But uh, uh, the Quran, of course, talks about buildings and building a tabnuna. You build columns and pillars on every mountain. Tabnuna bu kulli ayatan ta'bathun. And ta'bathun means just for vainglory just for your vainglory, just to show your power, and probably power of architecture, power of just somehow bring all to our heart of other people. Atabnuna means you build, rather than they being there, just uh, as natural things, which convey that uh, awesomeness. So I think the Quran is clear about it. We cannot take it as metaphor. Thank you, Annie. Yeah,
1: please. Uh, my question is regarding Prophet Noah uh, and whether the punishment happened in that area only. Uh, then, why um, uh, the Prophet was ordered to take a pair of every
0: uh, animal? What's well, it? the reason is, uh, of course, uh, when we say every animal, probably every animal which we sh- were useful to them. Because after they landed, they should have had, again, livestock, and they should have had uh, uh, husbandry, uh, sorry, they they should have had animals to, to, uh, to breed and to have milk, to have meat and other things. When in that area, in that area where they landed, because of the flood, every animal had perished. They couldn't go to other places of the world to bring animals to breed and to have meat and milk and other things. So that is why they took the animals with them and uh, they had them after they landed uh, after the flood. The
1: question is exactly why. Um, you know, the, the pair is mentioned, Min so,
0: Yeah, because zaujain. If, if there was not a pair, then they couldn't reproduce isn't it so they, they should have they should have taken them for reproduction and exactly it proves the the case that means a pair so that they could reproduce for you of course you would see uh, uh probably uh in in uh, old paintings and uh, uh stories that they had taken from every single animal, especially in biblical stories, that frogs and snakes and these things. I don't think this is what they did. They just took the animals which were useful to them so that they could breed them later on.
1: Any other sisters? Sheikh, um, talking about the people of Ad, um, the way I understood is that uh, Allah did them a favor by giving them strength and other powers to build uh, big palaces. Now, if Allah did a favor to them, would also Allah do a favor, say, in present times to other communities, giving them extra intelligence or other powers
0: compared to other communities? Is that possible? Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, Allah wouldn't create everyone the same. Allah would give different types of talents to different people, and that's why people should communicate, should learn from each other. And uh, the only thing is that if they somehow uh, are ungrateful, are in denial, then these favors turn to be in uh, to, to punishment. These favors turn to be not in their favor, to be in their disadvantage. And this is what has happened in the past as well. So people who have wealth, who has power, who has intelligence, they shouldn't think that uh, uh, they uh, can do whatever they want with these things because because God has given us this, as they say, or because nature has given us this. Because if God has given some people something which is apparently very eye and important... ...he may have given other nations things... ...which uh, are unknown to others... ...are blessings... Uh, ...which... Uh, ...we cannot... Uh, ...very palpably... ...see them... ...tangibly see them... ...but they are there for them... ...and it wouldn't cause them to transgress... ...and that's the most important thing.
1: But then you see... ...when we look at uh, these... Uh, ...different communities around the whole world, we see some communities, although they all are sort of progressing with the same time, but some communities uh, progress faster than others, and others remain so behind that they
0: sort of lag behind every time, I mean. You see, Allah has given a chance to every nation during the history, isn't it? Chinese, Indians, Iranians, Arabs. Egyptians, I mean, you just named them. And now is the turn for Americans, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> Sheikh, we have these examples of nations and countries. And the same examples can also be used for tribes and families, and even individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, some excel, some don't, some have chances, some don't. It's, it's a really a message that spans across scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, that's true. And as I said, because uh, we are as one creation, we shouldn't actually worry about these differences and uh, uh, th- th- being placed in different places of this scale. Uh, what is important is that in whatever Allah has given us, uh, these differences are, are So that we could collectively move forward. But the important thing is that whatever he has given us, we should be grateful and we should use it properly. That is the most important thing. And to be content of what he has given us.
1: Any sisters? Yes, Ali. Um, my question was regards to the ta'wil or the reference of the different qums. For example, Ard, um, can it refer to also modern-day civilizations to some extent, or, and if so, to, to what extent? Or is it specific and exclusive to an extinct civilization?
0: You mean learning lessons from them, or it refers in actual sense to every civilization?
1: Yeah, yes, I guess the reason... The reason behind my question is to understand what we can learn from these examples. Of course,
0: they are mentioned in the Quran so that we learn from the example. It's not mentioned just as as a historical fact. It's mentioned repeatedly so that we take heed and we learn that Allah may give lots of blessings, but if we transgress with those blessings, they turn against us rather than to be in our advantage. And this runs until the end of the time, end of humanity.
1: Any other system before we come to Brother Sohail or Dr. Sohail? No, okay, Dr. Sohail. Uh,
0: actually, my question was uh, related to the last question. Is the example, or can we take the example of the people of Ard, to be almost directly analogous to the uh, American uh, situation currently? The country is drunk on power and wealth, uh, steeped in arrogance, unrestrained in its brutality against other nations. So could this perhaps be used as a direct analogy for the current American, well, for the last hundred or so years, the current American philosophy? And I had a slightly different question, um, which is not unrelated. Why is the Quran arranged such that different stories are in different surahs? Why is not one story just in one surah, if you see what I mean? yeah well, with regards to the first question, as I said, these are examples so that we learn from them, and uh, yes, of course he says <laughs> you attack ruthlessly without having any consideration for anything else. if we see these in in a people or in a civilization or community, then we say yes, this similar, and then similar things would ha- would happen to them uh as i said all these are mentioned to us so that we learn from their stories it's quite uh, natural uh, why the stories are mentioned in different surahs well in every surah one aspect of these stories are taken as a part of that surah the general aim of that surah is a concept which Through that concept, these civilizations are seen, are perceived, and then their examples are brought forth. And also, uh, every surah uh, has its own uh, uh, very uh, unique uh, sort of uh, uh, thread of uh, uh, argument, which in those arguments come the... The, the story of these people. Therefore, it should be repeated in different surahs from different perspectives, from different aspects. And sometimes we see that, yes, for example, the, the story of Yusuf, salam is mentioned only in one surah because it's only that one aspect which is... Uh, uh, paid attention to in the Quran, not any other aspect which Allah should bring in. However, the story of Musa, for example, is mentioned in many, many different surahs because that civilization and the the, the, the interaction between Musa and Pharaoh had many, many different, it was a multidimensional story which could be seen from many different aspects.
1: Thank you. any sister, before we come back to brothers, yeah? No, some
0: In some of these um, uh, destructions, I think isn't in the Quran. Allah says, "I've left them as a sign for people." Do we have where Ad and Samudah we say and show our children? Look, this is this is it here. Do we have that? Oh yes, yes. For example, in in Surah uh, uh, in Surah Zariyat. We have a very good example of Allah mentioning that We left a sign in them and then He says "Wafi Aden," and also in Ad we left an ayah "Wafi Thamud," we left an ayah Yes, very clearly it mentions it. We don't know where it is. Can we... Oh, you mean signs of the civilizations, yes. or, or a sign yeah, for people the to ter- take it? The upturned it? buildings and the ruins and all that. Uh, about art uh, uh, I think we, we don't have any evidence of any remnants about Samud they say that there are some uh, sort of remnants but about art because this is very very old civilization very old civilization no. however at a time where these verses were revealed there were remnants because uh, It says, You have seen their places of dwelling and residence. So at that time, there were places where Arabs did see, when especially the Quraysh had had, uh, these business journeys to Yemen, and to Syria, they saw both the remnants of the civilization of art and the remnants of civilization of Thamud because Thamud lived in the north, art lived in the south, so it says You have seen their buildings, and uh, however about, nowadays i don 't think anything is left from art, and the important thing is that. It was important that in that day these buildings should have been uh, visited where the verses was were revealed. Of course, we know everything in this world would disappear anyhow. And sisters? Yes. Assalamualaikum. Um, I've got a couple of questions. Firstly, were the people actually destroyed because they were greedy and irresponsible with the bounties they were given? or because they disbelieved in Allah and they worshipped idols and secondly if destruction was to come to the people of the western civilization how could we guard ourselves so what's the second question again if destruction was to come to the western civilization for its consumerism and misuse of power how could we being somewhat part of this western civilization guard ourselves How could we be part of this civilization? How could we guard ourselves? Guard ourselves, okay. How could we guard ourselves? Of course, when these civilizations were uh, destroyed, you, you see in the Quran that there are always exceptions, that we saved some of them, saved those who believed. So guarding ourselves is just believing and not transgressing. If we not transgress, if we believe, then of course we have guarded ourselves. And in a very mysterious way, Allah would save those people. الَّذِينَ وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ We save those who believed and had taqwa and were god uh The way, of course, destruction comes to uh, these arrogant civilizations. L- Let's not say Western civilization, any arrogant civilization, whether... Uh, Western or Eastern, it doesn't matter. The way destruction comes today is probably different from the way when at the time of prophets came. Coming and destroying completely in a sudden way. I think what will happen today is that these these civilizations will decay and will be destroyed uh, in a period of time. Not in the sense that because people disbelieve They will be destroyed. But because they transgress, there is a system of justice in the world which works very mysteriously and would destroy these nations. They will decay out. So uh, the destruction, the sudden destruction of the time of prophets wouldn't come probably anymore. It will be a decayance. We'll take a
1: last question from Salman here. Uh, you referred to geographical locations, is, is, is there a specific mention of the geographical location of these um, uh, tribes in the Quran and, has said, uh, and do you know of any systematic archaeology to try to, because if there had been at some point some artifacts, I'm sure there will still be some artifacts somewhere in the, in the sand. As I said,
0: about Thamud, yes, there are artifacts. Close to Syria. However, about odd. Uh, I think everything is destroyed. But historically, as I said, these were prehistoric civilizations, but their stories have actually gone orally and then were recorded in books, in Arabic books, actually, in Arab history books, because they were Arab civilizations. And as far as we know... Uh, as long as Arabs have written, they have written about these civilizations and their locations, of course, and where they were living in Ahgaf. And, of course, there are sometimes some very odd views about, for example, where the ahqaf were. Was it in the north or in the south? But majority have said that, of course, ahqaf was in the south, and Ad lived in the south, and Thamud lived in the north, Arabia.
1: So, but then, are you trying to say, Sheikh, that uh, over this 2,000 years period, I mean, uh, the Quran mentions that these were there at the time the Quran was being revealed, isn't it? Yeah. So, in in the period of 2,000 years...
0: Not that the very cities were there, just remnants, some relics of them, they were there. And they may have have been somehow buried on the sand dunes, you see, especially in the south, especially with art, because it's a desert that's has not yet been discovered fully. I mean, Sorry. it's a place where no human being can go very easily. Mm. So, I mean, one day they may just come out of sand dunes again and we, we may see them.
1: Yeah, okay, Nisa. thanks. Yeah. Uh,
0: ju- just an added comment to that. I, I got no knowledge on archaeology, but I guess um, wherever archaeological studies occur in the world, they are probably funded by large... Organization, probably charitable and government organizations, who would be who would have vested interests where these works occur anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, right in the heart of the desert of Saudi Arabia, looking out for an Arab prophet mm-hmm. uh, remnants, um, where that country itself we know has no respect for history, it destroys history. Yeah. I don't see that happening. Unless the billion uh, petrodollars are sort of spent in digging that part of the world. Yeah, thank you very much. That was a very nice comment. And maybe God has actually buried these remnants so that the, the Saudis would not destroy it.
1: <laughs> well, I think you have put it, Nizar, you have put it much better than I could have put it because I had a similar thing in mind. <laughs> thank you very much indeed. Thank, thank you. Alaykum. Alaikum